Welcome to the first ever episode of the Diary of an Entrepreneur. I'm Danny Lacey and right now I'm going through the pains of growing a business from the ground up. As CEO and founder of a video marketing company, I have the responsibility and accountability of having employed over 25 staff, servicing over 150 customers, generating revenue of over £2 million, and dealing with the stress and anxiety of growing a business, including times where we almost lost everything. This is the diary of an entrepreneur. And let me stress right from the get-go, this isn't me teaching you anything. This isn't the rule book to growing a business. And this isn't me saying that this is how you should be growing your business. I'm just sharing my experiences and my knowledge in the hope that it helps inspire, educate others, I guess. Hopefully you'll avoid most of the mistakes that I make. That's all point. Of it. Now, there's loads of great business podcasts out there from successful people, uh, but this is different because those podcasts are from people that are already successful. They're broadcasting from their uh, skyscraper with their 500 million staff, 10 trillion turnover business, etc., etc. Whereas this is all about that process to get to those end goals, not the skyscraper and all that jazz. But each week, I'll be sharing my experiences of growing a business as well as sharing any good or bad experiences that we are going through during that particular moment in the week. All right then, so let's go. In the first episode, I go back to where it all started, which, by the way, feels like so long ago now. Uh, setting the scene for what has been my entrepreneurial journey. All right, it's going to be a very informal type thing, even though I've got loads of really cool music going on in the background and sound effects. I'm recording this pretty much in real time. This is all real time. So if there's any mistakes in it, I'm going to try and avoid editing it out. I'm just going to let it go, record it in one go, and it might be therefore a little bit rough around the edges. Although I've tried to add a little bit of production value uh, with sweeps and bangs and whooshes and uh, music and all that jazz. Anyway. So in the first episode, I go back to where it all started, which again was a long time ago. I'm, I don't mind sharing. I'm 44 now, so I've been around a bit. Uh, and this is all about setting the scene for what has been my entrepreneurial journey. Back when I had no idea what entrepreneurship actually was. And in fact, I had no idea that business life was going to be my future. So let's get started with the diary of an entrepreneur. It's all very dramatic, uh, but uh, hey, production value and all that. And also, I'm from a radio background, and so it makes sense for me to play with the audio a little bit. Anyway, so uh, to get it started, just going to give you a little bit of background about me, uh, just to um, add, a, I guess, a little bit of credibility to the things that I'm sharing and to give you, again, some additional context around who I am and what I'm trying to achieve. So um, I've always wanted to be a filmmaker, a film director, a scriptwriter, a producer, and I picked up a camera for the first time when I was in my 30s after spending 20 plus years as a radio broadcaster doing this between records and getting paid for it and doing quite well. I had a, a decent career earning you know, a decent amount of money and uh, was happy at the time, but I wasn't fulfilled career-wise. Uh, radio really wasn't the thing for me. I've always wanted to do film. So did the whole film thing, realised that I wasn't going to make any money out of being a filmmaker unless I became the next Steven Spielberg, which wasn't going to happen anytime soon, let's be honest. So I decided to go into video production. Um, spent most of my adult life self-employed. Haven't really worked for anybody. I think I worked for somebody once um, for about a year and it didn't go well. I just could I, basically, I think I'm unemployable. 
Um, I did the work, thought that I could do a better job of it myself and set up my own business. And so uh, parted company. But uh, yeah, so being self-employed at pretty much, or a business owner, pretty much all my life. Right now, I'm the CEO and founder at Starter Media. We're a video production business based in Wakefield in West Yorkshire. There's a team of 11 of us um, at the time of recording um, this. We've grown very much organically from the early days of me in my spare room at home, um, making TV commercials and really low budget uh, corporate videos. And then we had a uh, a spike moment, what I like to call a spike moment in 2014 when a client approached us uh, around Christmas time, actually, and asked if we could help them set up a TV channel on Sky. It was a big six-figure contract. And then uh, that was basically the catalyst uh, for growth to where the business is um, uh, today. It made that it meant that I had to employ staff, we had to take on office space, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I'm going to be sharing more about that journey and more about what happened around that time in future episodes of The Diary of an Entrepreneur. Right, just a second. So I had to do a quick edit there. Even though I said I wasn't going to edit, uh, basically my telephone went and um, so I, it interrupted me. See, should everything on silent and be prepared, better prepared. So where was I? Goals for Stardom Media. So the long-term plan, this is where I want to get the company out. And if I can get here, this is success for me. £10 million revenue, maximum number of staff and a maximum number of clients working within the business. Now, right now we're on course for... Uh, around about 500 grand this financial year, which is up significantly on the previous years. And we continue to grow year on year. And then we've got this whole plan between now and reaching that 10 million pound um, revenue. And hopefully if we keep going the direction we're going, we will eventually get there. And the plan is in the diary of an entrepreneur is to share that entire journey. But in these early episodes, it's kind of catching up and getting to the present day. So in this one, all about setting the scene, uh, and looking at two businesses that I set up when I was younger and also my journey to becoming a radio broadcaster, which uh, I had to do. I, I mean, I literally worked my rear end off to finally get my break on radio. And I think that determination and that sheer sheer fight to want to, to achieve my dreams has basically continued with me throughout my entire adult life when when I have a dream, a goal, something that I really want to achieve, I, I really do go at it and I put everything I've got into it. And it might take me ages. It took me over a year to get on the radio, but I get there eventually in the long run uh, through blood, sweat and a lot of tears. So uh, I'll be covering a little bit more of that uh, later. So first of all, I'm going to go right the way back to when I was about, um, I think I was about, and I'm useless at dates, uh, by the way. So I'm just, this is a guesstimate, but I think it was about 10, 11, 12, maybe 13-ish. And this was my first attempt, first real attempt at making money that wasn't a paper round, a milk float round, or pocket money or any of that sort of stuff. Uh, basically, um, we lived on a, 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 a relatively quiet street, but I noticed that every weekend people were out washing their cars and that there was a lot of people arguing over washing of said cars. I also noticed that we had quite a few cars traveling up and down the street. And I saw a moment, I saw a, a, a potential to make money. And again, at the time, had no idea that I had an entrepreneurial part of my brain. No, I thought of this becoming a business in any way. It was just, it was, I guess, an opportunity 
presented itself and I thought I was going to capitalise on that and uh, make my millions. So I grabbed my dad's bucket and a sponge and we also had one of these uh, kids' toy cash register things knocking around the house. Uh, so uh, I grabbed that and my dad was very kind to put 50 pence in in change in twos and ones and half pennies back in those days as well. That's, that's showing my age now. Um, but so I had all the tools to be able to set up his car wash. Uh, but then this is where the naivety stepped in. I thought getting customers would be as easy as the following. So I grabbed a piece of paper and a pen and I drew um, a, an advert, an advertisement and I called it Danny's Car Wash, I believe it was. Um, and then I pointed at an arrow pointing to the street. And then it was the street name and my, our address and then a price. I can't remember. I think it was like 25p per car or something. Um, anyway, headed to the local off-license, which was at the top of our street. And it was a busy off-license, a lot of customers, a lot of traffic. And I negotiated with the owner of the shop and uh, basically persuaded him to let me put my advert in the window even though he did charge me for it in the end. I think it was 50p he charged for a week, which in if you had inflation to it, was extortionate. Um, but I paid the 50p uh, that was in the float in the till, by the way. Didn't tell my dad that at the time. And the advert went in the window. And then I sat back at home in the driveway on my deck chair with my bucket of water with warm water and soap suds in it and a sponge and my till sat there and I waited. And I waited, and I waited. And lesson number one was learned in the um, in the cutthroat industry of running a business that advertising is key and that I knew absolutely nothing about advertising. I honestly thought I'd put this advert in the window and that I would get a flood of new customers wanting my services. And the reason I highlight this is because that very thing has followed me right throughout my life. There has been times when uh, it might be Google Ads, for example. The very first time I experienced Google AdWords, PPC, or whatever you want to call it, and I spent uh, £150 and I thought I knew it all and I didn't need uh, to learn anything. I just went at it, figured it out myself. And of the £150 that I spent, how much did I get in return for as far as sales inquiries and actual sales? I got zero inquiries and zero sales. And even though the gap between the two, the, the car wash and this Google PPC, it must have been about 20 years or whatever, the same level of naivety is there. And it continues to this day. Anything new that comes along that I'm not 100% sure about, I'll have a go and I will probably, more than likely, 99.9% .9 of the time, I will waste my time, I will waste my money and I'll waste resources trying to figure it out. Now, most people listen to that and go, what an idiot. Why don't they just, you know, pay somebody to, to do the work and blah, blah, blah. However, I'm from a, more of an old school mentality around that kind of thing of just figuring it out, learning, not wasting time dilly-dallying about and analysing and all that sort of jazz. And I think that's very much how entrepreneurial people's brains actually work. They don't think about it too much. They just get on with it. All right. And it's calculated risk. It's calculated. It's a calculated gamble, whatever it is that you're thinking about and, and working on. But it, it was just fun to look back at the day. And just I remember that feeling sat there in the deck chair thinking that I was going to get bombarded with clients. And I, and I think that mentality also comes across with some of the clients that we work with, 
you know, they think they're going to buy a video and it's going to sit on the website and then it's going to drive a whole lot of traffic to their brand when it doesn't actually work like that. There's loads of other things at play. So it was just, I wanted to share that because it was just a very interesting insight into the early naivety of um, marketing and how that can go wrong. But anyway, suffice to say that after that 50p spend on, um, uh, on the advertisement, the 50p that I had to pay back to my dad, so that's a pound, so I'm already down. Uh, we generated zero in revenue and the business was an absolute failure, even though I did get one client and that client was my dad and he didn't even um, pay me for that. It was a freebie. But anyway, um, so that was an, an absolute failure, uh, but some really interesting lessons learned there. And again, at the time, I didn't really think about the whole entrepreneur or I want to be in business when I get older and all that jazz because I was heading into a different um, voc- vocation a couple of years after that. But to look back now, I, I look about, I look back at that it with fondness, uh, but also that even now I'm making similar kind of, uh, kind of mistakes. I don't even look at them as mistakes now, to be fair. Uh, it's all experiences and we all learn from it and we're able to grow and develop. And then the next business that I set up, so this is heading into what I ended up doing for the next 20 years, which was uh, DJing, radio broadcasting, all that sort of stuff. Um, but the first time that I actually started to make money through business and I had an office, which was my mum and dad's shed, was when I started doing uh, getting involved in mobile disco. So my cousin, who uh, I was very close to as I was growing up, even though he was 10 years older than me, he was a, a, a DJ. So he, he did mobile discos. And I went along to a few and got really excited about the whole thing and thought, you know, I could do this, play records, talk nonsense in between the records and get paid a load of money for it for a couple of hours work. I want a piece of that. So um, got involved with that, bought a load of uh, kit. Well, my dad bought a load of kit and we did it on the cheap. So I was building most of these things like tripods and lights and um, speakers and and then going to car boot sales and buying records. And, and it was records in those days, by the way, 45 uh, and 33 RPM records, 12 inch, seven inch vinyl. And I had a right vinyl collection uh, after a few years of, of doing this. Um, so while most of my friends were at school and they were revising for exams and working and out playing, I was actually out earning money at mobile discos. My dad would take me, but we could be earning anything between 50 and 70 pounds a night doing discos. And around that time, I was seeing just how popular mobile discos um, were. And I had an idea and I just thought, how could I make money with mobile discos without actually having to go and do mobile discos? So I decided that I was going to set up a DJ agency and and that was it. The decision was made. I had a name for the company and I, I, I remember the name of the company. It was called Music Made in the UK. All right. That's what I It's like a trademark almost. But Music Made in the UK was the name of the business. And my mum and dad let me use their shed, which was an absolute mess, but I managed to renovate the shed, turn it into a little office, probably spent more time renovating the office, setting it up with paper trays and stationery and um, pin boards and uh, a map of the world, a random map of the world, which meant nothing, but still it felt officey. Um, and I'm sure our entrepreneurs listening to this right now will have been in similar situations when it comes to getting your new office. You know, we all get excited about that sort of stuff. Um, so anyway, I spent most of my time on that. But then when we got to the actual business, I decided that I was not going to make the same mistake I made with the car wash. This time we needed, I needed traction. I needed to get in front of potential clients. So 
I decided that I was going to invest, and I saved up a bit of money, in a in an advert in the Yellow Pages. Now, I'm again showing my age, but most I'm hoping that most of the older generation listen, they'll remember the Yellow Pages, but it was a huge directory of businesses that would be delivered, I think it was once a year, or was it every couple of years? I can't remember now. But there basically was trillions of businesses, uh, local businesses in this Yellow Pages, and it was really thick, and most people used it as doorstops and platforms to stand on if you were too short to reach above kitchen counters. But anyway, so I paid £250 for this relatively small little advert in the uh, entertainment section, I think it was. So the minute the Yellow Pages was released the phones were ringing off the hook. And it wasn't long before my mum was threatening to literally kick me out of the house because I hadn't pre-warned her um, that, this was about to, was th- that this was about to happen. And it was all landlines back in those days. And I remember the, po- the code was 0532 something or other. Um, but there was no mobile phones. It was landline, one phone, one phone line. And that used to ring off the hook. And especially heading towards peak seasons like, uh, I don't know, Christmas and Halloween and all those kind of times, um, it, it was literally ringing off the hook and my mum was having to take messages because I was busy during the day or I was doing something and it just used to drive her absolutely insane. But that said, we were becoming very popular. And then it was then I learned that they, they learned about the power, power of speculating and spending in marketing and advertising. So £250, I definitely made my money back on that spend. That was for sure. Um, but I also learned that my business model sucked. It was awful. So the idea was um, clients would call us, Music Made in the UK, to book a DJ for a party, a Christmas do, uh, uh, an engagement or whatever it, whatever the event. And then we had a bank, a pool of DJs, mobile DJs, uh, that we relied on. And then we would then book them with that client. They'd go do the work and we would take a 15% commission from that DJ. All sounds relatively straightforward, but we're back in the day when there was no such thing as PayPal, backs transfers, all that jazz. It was cash and checks. And it meant that I had to literally go and collect the money or wait for them to send me a check in the post to get my 15%. And so that was part, that was problem number one. And believe me, it was a huge headache. I was literally having to drive out on a Friday and a Saturday night to the locations all over Yorkshire to collect the 15% cash. And when DJs finish all roughly at the same time, and they all often got paid at the end of the night, it was just absolutely impossible. And at our peak, I think we had 10 to 15 DJs out at any one time. So the most part was waiting for them to send us checks. And most of them, as I'm sure you can imagine, took forever to send us the checks. Some didn't even send us the checks. So that was problem um, number one, and a massive lesson learned um, right there. The other problem which now introduces me to the world of customer service and client expectations, is come Friday and Saturday night, I would often get a phone call from a client who'd booked a DJ through us and their DJ hadn't arrived. Or they'd turned up and they've only got three records in their entire collection. And so it became this whole headache and I was literally burying my head in the sand. I'd avoid the phone calls. My mum was answering the call. We ended up buying an answer machine. And it was just one issue after another issue after another after another. And lots of lessons learned um, in business that, again, I've carried throughout in later life. And again, the reason for sharing all this is it's just showing you that in its infancy, I was dealing with and experiencing for the first time what it's like to work with a team 
and what it's like to work with clients and their expectations and then the transactions that go on in between all of these different people that are involved in this business that I'd grown. So anyway, suffice to say that business was a complete failure as well as in I just wasn't set up for it and I was getting more complaints than we were getting uh, positive feedback and it was just an absolute disaster. But I couldn't take the advert down because it's in the yellow pages that exists. It's already been posted to a million houses or whatever it was. And so the phone kept ringing, but we ended up just ignoring it and getting an, an answer machine. But again, a lot of lessons learned uh, in amongst that nightmare. Now, at the same time all this is happening, I'm also chasing the dream of landing uh, a job on a commercial radio station as a radio broadcaster, which was always my dream and my goal. And again, some more really interesting lessons learned in this process, in this journey that has followed me right the way through into my business life, and that is persistence. And more importantly, self-awareness. So I wanted this job. Uh, I wanted to work on our local radio station in Leeds, which was Radio Air 96.3 FM. And uh, as a young lad, I've always wanted to, to work on there. And I sent countless demo tapes, and it was cassette tapes back in those days. And I would send one after the other after the other and it was back in the day when there was no emails. It was literally snail mail. And I didn't even have a computer to print the letters off. It was a typewriter. So I'd have to write it out on a typewriter, sign it, stick it in an envelope, pay for the postage. It then take a couple of days to arrive uh, at the radio station. They'd listen to it and then they'd write a rejection letter and it'd take a couple. So I could be waiting weeks before I heard back from the radio station. And nine times out of 10, it would be a rejection. Sorry, you're not what we're looking for. Um, and it was just one after the other after the other. But the one thing I learned very quickly is there is this some, something within my confidence um, that meant that I wasn't getting, it didn't affect me as it might have affected most people. Um, you know, some people get rejected and that's it. They give up, they give in, they throw in the towel, but it had a complete opposite effect to me. But then there was a self-awareness side of it because even though I was confident and I kept at it and I kept replying and kept developing and learning my skills and I kept knocking on that door, I was self-aware enough to know that I wasn't perfect. And in fact, to be honest, at the time I wasn't even good. All right. I just had this enthusiasm, this drive for wanting to do this. And that actually got me further than the actual talent itself. And I think it's important for me to repeat that. My enthusiasm and my confidence in achieving my goal of working on this radio station got me further than my actual talent and skills itself and the persistence. And this plays a big part in marketing, advertising, and all that jazz. It's about persistence. It's making a regular noise. It's, um, it's, it's brand awareness, it's self-awareness, it's sales, selling yourself, all that sort of stuff. And then in the end, um, luckily, I decided that I was going to come at the radio station from a different angle because I was sending letters to the same person. It wasn't getting through. So now I had to innovate a little bit and get creative. So I decided to approach the radio presenters that were currently on the radio station directly, namely the ones in the evening, because I knew that the, uh, the other studios would be empty uh, late at night because there'd be nobody in the office using them. So I approached them, uh, look, would love to come and sit with you and uh, shadow you and, and just, just make teas, photocopy, answer phones, just whatever it is, just to get, just to be in within the radio environment. And there was one evening radio presenter at the time who invited me in. And then 
I'd go and sit with them once, twice a week and help them answer the phones, make drinks, all that jazz. And then eventually I plucked up the courage one night to say, look, would it be possible for me to just have an hour in the studio up in the next next door just to work on some demos, just so I can try and, you know, put a decent demo together to get eventually to get on the radio. And they agreed to it. And, I, and I'd spend one night a week in that studio, refining my art, learning my skill and improving my abilities to present. Anyway, probably about six months later, I eventually um, produced a demo reel that I thought was was better than it's ever been, sent it in to, again to the boss man. And uh, that's what led to me presenting a couple of overnight shows. And the rest, as they say, is is history. But it's that whole mentality of just keep going. No is not a no. It's a yes. It's a maybe. And and then that confidence, but guided confidence. It wasn't a, I didn't think for a second that I was brilliant. I didn't for a second think that I deserved or was entitled to be on the radio. I knew that I had a lot to learn, but I could back that up with that enthusiasm, that undying enthusiasm for wanting to, and that goes a long way, not just at that time, but just life generally, it, whether you're applying for jobs, you know, I'm an employer. And I love people that approach me with enthusiasm. I love people that approach me with uh, solutions to problems that they potentially could fix. That is appealing to me. When I recruit, I re- 60 to 70% of my recruitment is, do they have the right attitude? And that's because the rest of it can be trained. You can train somebody to do most of the things that you would want in your business. Unless you're a brain surgeon, that thing needs, that's a whole new level of skill. But what I'm saying is enthusiasm, I think, counts for an awful, awful lot and persistence. But eventually it worked. I ended up working on the radio and continued to learn my craft and ended up doing uh, quite well for myself. And the rest, as they say, is history. So to summarise, probably talked a little bit longer than I was hoping. So apologies for the babble in parts, but I think you get the gist of it and you can see where I'm coming from and, and how this sort of thing is important just in life generally. But the lessons, the main lessons I've learned through those experiences is one, you have to spend money to make money. All right, you've got to speculate to accumulate. You don't know what you don't know, but getting to know is the only way to learn. All right, you've got to get out there, figure it out. And the only way to figure it out is just to get on with it. You can spend weeks and months planning, analyzing, strategizing and all that, but nothing beats just getting on with it. Making mistakes is a compulsory part of the journey and you should embrace it. Don't worry about making mistakes. Encourage it. Make Just make mistakes. It's the only way you can learn. You have to be a great salesperson, whatever your vocation in life is. You have to be able to sell yourself more so now than ever before. It's a very noisy landscape out there. And if you're not willing to shout about what you do, then you're not going to get far. It's as simple as that. Forget the ego thing. I know most people don't want to shout about themselves because it's like, oh, people think I'm going to be egotistical, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's got an ego. Everybody has ego. It's the only way we get on in communicating with each other. We talk about ourselves. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm interested in hearing about you and your story. Utilize and take advantage of all your life experience as well to help achieve everything you want in life. So the things that's happened in my life outside of business have steered me in business. All those experiences. And then finally, the one analogy that I really love, uh, for anybody who's seen the film, you'll know what I'm talking about. So Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi and Danielson. Mr. Miyagi gets Danielson to do all these crazy little, like, minuscule tasks 
repeatedly over and over again as part of his training, only Danielson doesn't realise that it's part of his training. So he's getting to paint fences, wax his car, clean the floors, all these things for weeks and weeks and weeks. And Danielson has absolutely no idea that what Mr Miyagi is doing is actually training him and he ends up winning and being fantastic and ace and all that sort of stuff. The same thing, I think, in business as well with your team. You know, uh, getting them to do those little tasks, those little small attention to details will solve bigger problems, in my opinion. I'm a big fan of that. Look at the smaller picture. Look at those tiny, minute details. Fix them, work on them, make them, own them and they'll improve everything within business. So there you go. Right. I think that pretty much sums sums us up on this one. So thank you for listening to this episode of The Diary of an Entrepreneur. Apologies if it's been a little bit rough around the edges. I will refine as the episodes go on. But the idea is to not edit and over-edit. It's just to just go with it. Whatever comes to mind... It's all knowledge and experience at the end of the day. So this is an open and honest account of how I'm attempting to grow a video media business from the ground up. And I must stress, not trying to teach you anything. I'm just sharing my journey. And if that motivates you, then hey, great, job done. You can follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. I'm all over social media. And if you want to reach out to me directly, please drop me an email. And it's Danny Lacey, L-A-C-E-Y at stardomedia.co.uk. That's Danny Lacey at stardomedia.co.uk. And listen, hey, thanks again for listening and join me on the next episode of The Diary of an Entrepreneur.